You're listening to The Boss Business of Surgery series, episode 98. Today, I talk with Natalie Delamater. She is a marketing expert for physicians. She's going to help us get our messages to our patients. Speaking of patients, if you have a clinic, you may be wondering how to run it better. Is it as efficient as you want? Are you getting your notes done? Are people around you helping? Do you feel like you can delegate effectively? Are you getting paid for the work that you're doing? If you're not sure about these things, head to bosssurgery.com to check out the program, Stop Hating Clinic, starting in October. Welcome surgeons. Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have this guest on. She is a marketer for physicians. And if we need anything in this world, it's like how to better or market ourselves in this new and changing times. So I'm so excited that she's here. I cannot wait to hear all the things because, you know, of all the people in the audience that I want to hear, this is me, me, I want to hear this. <laughs> so this is Natalie Delamater. She is a marketer for physicians. So Natalie, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. So I have been working in marketing for seven or eight years now. You kind of lose count after a while, uh, but it's been a while. I went to school when I first started like bright eyed and bushy tailed in college. I wanted to be a doctor. I was pre-med, but I took 8 a.m. chemistry my first semester and just absolutely hated it. So my dreams <laughs> were completely thwarted. And then I finished college, got a degree in psychology and fell into marketing by accident. And I've been doing it ever since. I've been specializing in physician-only marketing for about four years now. It was a good place for me to land because I realized I'm afraid of blood anyway. So medical school would not have worked out for me. Um, <laughs> so I have this creative outlet that I still get to work with physicians and I get to help them brand themselves and position their their messages. So it, it worked out very well. And I, I love working with physicians and I love just the physician space of marketing. So and how did you land into the physician advertising kind of thing? Like, how did that uh, go about? Was this something like a job came up or find uh, information about yeah. it? How did that work? So I started, my first marketing job was with like a wellness uh, center. So it wasn't specifically medical. It was just general wellness stuff. And I loved that. I loved talking about that. I loved that health space. And then for a couple of years, I was working with a software company and that was not my jam. I started working for a physician when I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. And throughout that have stayed working with physicians. We started like an agency that catered just to, to physicians. So it's, it's a, a small sort of niche world. And I think once I got into it, I was very much kept in it and I really like it. And I just keep learning all kinds of new stuff every day. And I know that marketing has changed a lot in the last several years for sure, but take me through a physician who is interested in marketing themselves. What are some of the considerations that you have? So there's a lot. The, the, the space on social media that just the, the, the personal branding for physicians took a really hard turn, I think, around the pandemic. A lot of things changed around the pandemic, but before 
it was a lot of marketing practices, right? And so they weren't really highlighting the physicians. It was, this is the practice. Maybe they would mention the physicians, but in the sort of the wake of the pandemic, there was just so much misinformation that was going around. And there were so many people on social media saying so many really, really dangerous things that physicians were kind of like, I don't know if I belong here, but hi, I'm a physician and I'd really like to correct this misinformation. And the space just sort of naturally formed for them to be able to have a voice. And it has become a really, really, really great outlet for physicians to not only market themselves, but to educate patients, to make sure that whatever information is on the end of that Google search is a credible uh, voice. So really the pandemic opened the door for physicians to just be doctor whoever, and that's their brand. And that's who they show up as on social media. Yes. And I I think the idea of a physician brand is such a, a powerful concept. So what are your thoughts on how to find your brand? Like, let's say, how do I figure out what my brand is? your brand is you, right? Your brand is who you are. We say your brand is Dr. You Incorporated. It's whoever your audience is. We have some clients who are physicians, but the brand that they're building is for like coaching or they have some not medical product or or side business that they're doing. But generally speaking, if you're a physician, your brand is you as a as a doctor and a lot of just valuable content a lot of education and the ultimate goal is to have this following but also have the following that converts into clients or patients or or what have you yeah i i think that's such an interesting concept to think that your brand is actually based on your audience not you but it's also on your audience i, I completely agree because i've got a brand for coaching and i've got a brand for my surgery practice yeah. definitely different audiences although there's some overlap of concepts certainly my brand of two brands essentially is based on the, the audience now when it comes to like deciding what you do with your brand what are some of the ways that you uh, advise someone who someone who comes up to you is like okay i think i want to get into these spaces that I see other doctors doing this. Where do you tell people to start? So there's a lot of places to start. I think that it, it, it kind of depends on sort of where they're coming from. A lot of physicians get hung up on, okay, how do I get all of the platforms going at once? How do I get all of the social media chat channels opened up? How do I like logistically post to all of these things? How do I come up with content? But I think the the most important thing that I do with almost every client that I work with is we really hone and niche way, way down. Because I think that there's this tendency for physicians, and it's obviously why you guys went into medicine, to want to help everybody. And so the, the thought of like, okay, we're going to focus on this audience. This is your ideal person. And we are only going to speak to that person. getting over the mental block of, well, what about these people? I can help them too. And getting them to understand that the best way for you to be a powerful voice and to make an impact with your brand is to niche down actually as much as you can. So mentally, that's hard for physicians, but we tell them you can choose. You picked a specialty. You wouldn't go to your OBGYN to treat your heart murmur. So like, you understand the concept of specializing and we're just going to do that here with your audience and your message. And 
How do you start with that? Like, do they just pick a kind of disease process or like an age range or, or does it matter? It depends. I mean, sometimes for more broad specialties like family medicine, they will oftentimes say, I really want to focus on like adolescent mental health, or I really want to focus on PCOS or whatever it is. They'll either choose a condition that they're very, very passionate about, or they'll choose kind of like an age range that they want to speak to or the the type of patient that they want to see more of. It's a little bit easier with more specialized specialties because there's less of a of a pool to pick from. But generally speaking, most physicians come to us saying, I really want to build a platform based on X, Y, and Z. How do I do it? Yes. And do you recommend people get started on all of the platforms or should they pick one and go for it? So I am such a a stickler and this is another like mental shift that's very hard for physicians to get into because you kind of want everything to be perfect and you want everything to be in place before you unveil it to the public. And I think we all have that perfectionism tendency within us. But it's really important, especially because physicians have busy lives. They are literally saving lives. So just the bandwidth to do everything at once is not, it's not there. So we always say like pick one, one platform where your ideal audience is most likely to gather and start building your platform there. And then as you have time to join TikTok, join Instagram, add these other pieces, you can, but like focus on your message, start building your audience in one place, figure out how to get your content together, learn what kind of content is converting with your audience and then grow. And that is like, oh, you can do that. And it's like, yeah, you can start with one. It's totally cool. I completely agree because they all have their own subtleties. So it helps to really learn the subtleties of one and then go for it. And I liked how you said you pick where your audience is at, not where you're most comfortable, I would imagine. So. Yeah. And fortunately, sometimes the audience is where they're least comfortable. And one thing that I tell them is because again, we're doing this shift into this personal brand, this personal physician brand. So like your face is very, very, very important within your content. And the type of content that people are engaging with now is video content. So we're talking Instagram reels, we're talking TikToks, kind of YouTube shorts, but not quite as much. But that format of like 30 second to like three minute videos is what people are consuming. So if they're not comfortable on Instagram or TikTok, sometimes it's like, well, that's the best place for you to be showing up. So we learn to work through the perfection. We get it done. And the more you do it, it's all about putting in the reps, the more comfortable you'll get with it. But I find that there's this like gratification as they see this process working that makes them want to kind of put themselves out there and keep doing the things. So it's really just getting over that first like, come on, we're going to do this. And then it just becomes more natural and they start to really enjoy it. I completely agree. I heard this recently. I forgot exactly where, where they said like the marketing trend is they want to see your face. They don't necessarily want it perfect and it needs to be short. All the things you said. (laughs) Yes, yes. And and that's something too, like as far as 
there's a lot that goes into content strategy, but there used to be, especially on like Instagram, this was really big on Instagram years ago. It was all about like the aesthetics of your, of your layout of your, of your profile. So you would go on Canva and you would have these really produced templates and these beautiful things. And you would use only your professional headshots. And now what we're seeing is like, if you're just walking around your neighborhood and you take a selfie and you talk about something, your face is what gets people to stop scrolling, not the Canva templates, not the professional headshots. So as hard as it is, like as hard of a pill as it is to swallow, the more natural and authentic, the better it performs. I like the idea of natural and authentic because I saw some advice before is like, you have to be dancing and do all the things like, I don't know, but people, I will not be dancing. Oh, no. (laughs) And, And that's, that's kind of what it used to be. I mean, So I am a big, just like staunch supporter of physicians on TikTok, just because I see the way TikTok is the platform that's developed this concept of like scrolling through short videos. That's kind of a mix of your followers and people that they think you would want to follow. And a couple other platforms have replicated that format, but nobody can replicate the the algorithm. And it's so nuanced. And we don't know why it works so well and why content gets pushed the way that it does. And we probably don't want to know, quite frankly, how they know so much about us. I think the idea of algorithms is a very good one, because I know that when we think of growing our audience in social media, we actually rely on these algorithms to do so. So what have you learned as far as how to use these algorithms to our advantage, other than the creepy big brother thing? (laughs) Right. So the creepy big brother thing is just something that we know is there and we don't talk about it. But there are ways to use the algorithms to your advantage. And in fact, the the reason that I, I, I love TikTok so much is because you can really use the algorithm. It's easier to manipulate the algorithm than it is on other platforms. And there is this tendency to want to get like paid ads when you first start building your audience or when you're trying to really expand your audience. And I tell people, you can get organic growth very, very quickly if you're doing the right things. And so there's a couple ways, especially on TikTok, that you can really utilize the algorithm to your advantage. And the easiest one is just keeping your your content about very topical things. So if there's a celebrity that gets diagnosed with some sort of medical condition and everybody's talking about it, having content that's catered towards that, that's going to tell the algorithm, people are interested in this, I'm going to push this content to those people. You can reply directly to comments in bigger creators' videos, and that ties your content to their content and tells the algorithm, this is all related, let's push this to the same people. And you can also like stitch videos and sort of have their video be part of your video and react to them. So you can really sort of piggyback off of other people's audiences on TikTok in a way that you can't with other with other platforms. And the thing about TikTok is that it's getting to the right set of eyes. It's not just random people that are seeing it. It's the right kind of people. So the algorithms are great, kind of creepy, but they work. 
speaking of kind of creepy, I think the biggest criticism of TikTok is the fact that it is owned by China and that yeah. they, I guess they have access to your, your voice and your image and that you may be giving them essentially ownership of them or something like that. There's some kind of weird things. What are your, what is your take or what do you advise people when you hear these uh, cautionary things? I mean, I say, obviously, if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. There have been many a conversation where people are like, yeah, I don't know where the data is going. My understanding of it is that they don't have any more data on me than like my phone does when it uses my face to unlock it and my the other social media platforms. But of course, like I said, if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. I personally, from what I've seen, think that it's safe. I don't think that they're going to ban it in the US either. I think that there was a period of time where I was like, maybe let's pump the brakes on TikTok and see what happens. But just do what do what you're comfortable with. It is fascinating. I just realized this actually this past weekend, that when you describe like someone can pull off your content and put it side by side. And you can't actually shut these things off, by the way, like Instagram has that, you know, you have to actually turn it off saying that someone could pull your reel and put it next to it and compare. I think definitely if you're going to use these is to be aware of what the background potentially is and where you can protect yourself. If that's something that obviously worries you, or like I said, just not, not be on there because there's plenty of places to get your content out there. So what are some of the, the trends that you're seeing? I know obviously TikTok is a big one. What are some of the yeah. trends that you're seeing as far as where patients seem to be? So I think that the majority of patients are on social media in general. So like SEO and things like that are important to have, but what really is going to boost your SEO is going to be like a pretty substantial social media presence because that's just simply where people are finding their information and having resources available to whoever is looking for a physician, looking for answers or ways to treat certain conditions. I think depending on your demographic, they'll likely be on certain platforms and not others, but you'd be very, very surprised the kind of information that people go to social media for. And an example of this, and I always feel kind of silly explaining this, but this is truly what your patients are doing. I'm a good example of it. When I, a, a few years ago, I was having my, my first surgery for the first time. And I was really, really anxious about going under anesthesia. And specifically, because this was like in the middle of the pandemic, specifically the whole concept of like being intubated and being on a ventilator really, really freaked me out because of everything that you were hearing. So my instinct was to go to TikTok and be like, I'm sure there's some anesthesiologists that will explain to me what's going to happen. And it's not like I knew what kind of drugs they were going to use. I didn't understand the technicalities of it. But what I did learn was that I was going to get to talk to my anesthesiologist before my surgery. I was going to be able to address my concerns. And so I was very, very empowered in my own surgery because these doctors took the time to say like, hey, you might be scared of this, but let me tell you what's going to happen to you. So that element of education and giving people the empowerment to be their own advocates in a good way is so important for physicians today. Yes. 
I couldn't agree more. We had Dr. Bethany Ballone on, you know, gosh, a long time ago on the podcast and she's a colorectal surgeon and she talks about sensitive stuff. Yes. And yeah, you know, you've seen her with, you're talking about the hemorrhoids and all the things like, like nobody wants to talk about this, but we're just going to go and talk about it. And she says that it's not just her patients that she sees in there, like the younger generation are finding it and they're saying, Hey mom, come on over here. Let's, let's look at this. (laughs) No, Absolutely. And there's just questions you didn't even know you could ask your doctor. There are certain things. And so, especially those topics that are kind of taboo, we had a client who who is an OBGYN. And so her whole platform is about postpartum and she's developed this panty that helps to heal after vaginal delivery. So you don't have to wear diapers. You don't have to wear like the, the frozen sanitary napkins. And so she's talking about this and talking about how her whole mission was to put the dignity back into this postpartum period. And I'm sitting here with no children thinking, I'm sorry, what happens to you? Like what? You you, you need to do what? So just like having her have this platform and telling me like, I was like, Thank you that somebody is saying that because I know a lot of people who would have liked to know that ahead of time. Right. And I think that does help to have patients somewhat educated ahead of time because then they know what questions to ask. Because just like you said with surgeries, like I don't even know where to start. (laughs) There's so many questions. And that's something when there's always sort of that speed bump of like, well, I have nothing to talk about. I have nothing to make content about with physicians that we work with, which it's like, Yes, you do. Because how many times are you answering the same question over and over and over again in your office? So like, answer these questions up front, make turn that into content, save yourself some time because your patients are going to come into your office or your colleague's office, and they're going to have these questions answered. But also, you know, the questions that they don't have the answers to because they are asking you every single day. Mm hmm. Completely agree. You mentioned the algorithms help grow your audience. What are some of the other things that you found help grow the audience in social media? Anything, is it a particular, I think you mentioned like your faces and talking, but what other things do you see convert audiences? There's a couple things. Definitely faces and videos are as far as like the format goes, just being very visible and being in at least occasional video content. You don't have to do it every single day, but that from like a a strategy standpoint is very, very important. A lot of, a lot of physicians or just people in general, anybody that's, you know, building an online brand, they don't think that they have to tell people how to work with them, but a call to action is incredibly important and it's often missed. So you can have this whole video, you can have this whole post about diabetes or some sort of condition. And then if you don't say, go to the link in my bio to schedule a consultation, they're, they're going to see somebody else's post that's the exact same content that did say, schedule a link in my bio and they're going to schedule it with them. So it's important to give people the prompt to follow you. It's important to give them the prompt to ask you questions in the comments. It's important to give them the prompt to set up an appointment with you. So that's something that helps quite a bit. And just really focusing on value in your content, educating value. There is a time and a place for like a good cat meme, but 
if you're kind of filling your your social media calendar with like those filler things because you think you don't have anything more valuable to say, definitely just making your content um, just something that every time they see your face, they know that they're going to learn something new and their day is going to be healthier for it. That's what you want to focus on. Yes, I can definitely see an idea of, you know, we know what our patients ask. So taking that question and then turning it into a post is a way to magnify everything that you do. I do that as a coach. I have a coaching session with someone. I was like, I bet it comes up for other people. And then you start speaking to the people that will eventually start talking back and they talk back by making appointments and and coming to see you. Exactly. Yeah. People will tell you what they want you to talk about. Mm -hmm. You just have to that you're listening to it and it's a mindset shift that you kind of have to get into like you know what i i could really do a whole post about the texture of poop you know and like i'm sure we could find like a whole lot right now (laughs) i know i know you could do multiple posts about poop if you really needed to but it's like you know as a colorectal surgeon people might be thinking hey that's not a good that's great content are you kidding me And it establishes authority and confidence and it lets people kind of like try you out. So, I mean, I cannot tell you, this is really sad in 2023. How many people come and say, I didn't know you'd be a woman. (laughs) Well, you saw me online. You would know that I'm a girl. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's important. I think that especially the relationship with patients and doctors is a much more intimate one. And it's one of, you know, quite a bit of trust. So being able to show up in front of your patients before they meet you just puts them at such an ease. And it really makes, it breaks that ice. It really kind of makes that relationship a lot more beneficial for both of you, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And we've already kind of talked about two mindset blocks. And just to recap them, I think one is like putting yourself out there in general, like not waiting for to be perfect, not waiting for this and really just like going to speak to the patient who needs you. That's how I would get out of the mindset is, yes, there are going to be people that will, will poke something at you. But at the same time, if like if you're speaking to the person who needs you, that's what's going to be the benefit. And having that call to action, we're just not used to asking for things. Why don't you do a review? Why don't you call me? Why don't you click this link in the bio or follow? It's hard for us to ask for things but uh, I think getting over the asking for things is is important because it doesn't stand out as much as it feels like it stands out when we talk. <laughs> yeah, and I it, that is that is a huge, huge, huge mental block with physicians. And I think a lot of it has to do with your training of just being like absolute workhorses, doing all of the things. And I a lot of the clients that I work with are talking about how that landscape of medicine needs to change. And so part of that is sort of this movement of doctors on social media, but it's 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 like they think like, well, I'm already a doctor and like I'm already making money. I'm already doing this. And so people are going to be like, well, why does this doctor need this other source of income? She should just be giving this information out for free. And first of all, you're doing your clients a disservice if you're not charging them for your, your services, first and foremost. And second of all, it's okay to tell people you can work with me if you want to. Because most of the time they like hearing that. And so it is, especially with physicians, because you're so service oriented, getting into the mindset of like, you can ask people to work with you, but also you can ask people to pay you to work with you. Yes. And I loved your point too, about how someone's going to say that video is so informative, but this guy tells me what his number is. Exactly. (laughs) 
And in his video, it was probably a quarter of the value of yours, but he made it easy to make an appointment. Yes. So unless you want to prime for other people's business, you may as well just ask for your own. Precisely. <laughs> because that's all truly you will be doing. If you're not asking for your own business, you're just warming other people's leads. Now, I know that looking at all of your stuff that you have here, that you have a plan for content for or a content guide for folks. No, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, how do we go about this? So that is a um, a boot camp that I'm doing. We do I do about monthly just various marketing boot camps. So that one in particular is kind of based on this concept of just thinking one time. And I sort of walk through the five pillars of content that I use to add variety to the content, but also make sure that the content is valuable. So it's this framework in this mindset of like, what is contentable? And also how to categorize your content. So that way you're having variety, you're covering all of your bases, you're addressing all of the concerns and it's not repetitive. And that's another story for another day, but that's just one of our, our webinars. Yeah. I think the bootcamp is a really great idea. And I know I've seen you have that periodically on there. How could someone make sure that they're on the list so they can get this bootcamp when it's available? Yes. So I believe the, and I can, I can give you the link so you can put it in the show notes. We have a a weekly newsletter that goes out that just has like quick and dirty, like five minute tips for, for marketing. And so if you get on our newsletter list, if you get on our email list, we will, uh, whenever we're having a monthly bootcamp, you'll get the emails for that as well. Um, I think it's physiciansmarketingteam.com slash newsletter, but I will confirm that for you. Okay. And we'll have that link on there too. So people can readily get to it. Um, Now, when someone is interested in getting into marketing, who should they hire? Should it be a virtual assistant? Should it be a marketing team? Should they try themselves? What are, what are your suggestions? There's, I have a few. It really depends on how much you want to take off your own hands and how much you want to spend. I have found And this is just kind of a a general sort of personality trait that I've noticed with physicians. They like to have a hand in the beginning because they like to understand how it works. So it's nice upfront to do something where um, you're kind of building it yourself and then you can pass it on to a VA or you can hire a marketing team. We actually, I... I teach a mastermind course, an eight-week mastermind course that's sort of uh, a crash course in building the infrastructure for your brand, but also the strategies for making it a profitable brand. So something like that is very nice to start out with because we're kind of co-working together to build your brand. And then if you're ready to give it to like an office manager or hire an outside VA or even hire a marketing team, you have created this. You have built all of it. It is your voice. It is your persona. It is everything that you've done. But now the actual heavy lifting is on somebody else's shoulders. Yeah. Now, how do they sign up for that? I've got my head in hand. Tell me all of that. That one is uh, physiciansmarketingteam.com slash mastermind. Got it. Um, And so I'll also give you the, the link for that. But that, I mean, we are on our fifth or sixth cohort. And we've had dozens and dozens and dozens of physicians go through it. Some of them were starting with like, I think I want to go into private practice. And like eight weeks later, all of the 
cards lined up for them to open their practice within a few weeks of ending the mastermind. So it was a great opportunity for them to make sure that their messaging was right, that they were on all the right platforms, and they knew how to leverage their brand in a way that actually converted to clients. Because you can have 100 million followers on Instagram, on TikTok or whatever, but if if you're not profiting, if you're not turning those people into clients, it's pretty useless. So that has been a really, really great sort of uh, not boot camp, but fantastic yeah. idea to get some ideas. And the only other thing that I know of that we haven't really mentioned is the idea of consistency. And I say this because I violate it all the time. I like mean to be consistent. And I know that there's different planning apps. I know Canva can let you plan and Instagram um, through Meta Business can let you plan and things like that. And you could use your content over and over again. Like with one long video, you could break it up to, to bits. You could take this and make it to a, a newsletter. And I think that a lot of us don't realize that we don't have to do a ton of things, that we can multi-purpose a lot of things. Oh, 100%. And that's also like this big mindset shift that I was kind of talking about is like, think once you can have one idea for content that you turn into all kinds of different baby contents. But as far as consistency goes, consistency is one of the most important aspects. Going back to the algorithm, first of all, if you are posting every now and then, the algorithm's not going to really favor your profile because you're not giving it frequent content to push to other people. So your algorithm is going to be affected if you're not posting consistently. But the consistency also tells somebody who stumbles upon your, your platforms, like, I'm here. I'm doing it still. So if you're not posting as consistently, and it's hard, it's hard to post every day, which is what I recommend at least once a day, five times a week. But my favorite tool, and this is hashtag not sponsored, I have used, (laughs) and if they want to sponsor me, hi, I've given you a lot of clients, guys. My favorite tool of all of the, the, the posting, you know, publishing tools is called SmarterQ, like Q-U-E-U-E, like the way they spell it in Harry Potter. Yeah. It's what's nice about this one is it gives you the opportunity to like pick, you know, you can categorize your content, which if you follow my method, you're categorizing it anyway. And then (laughs) you can publicize, post to Twitter at this time, Facebook at this time, whatever. But the nicest thing about that is that you're just sort of putting your content into this like bucket and it, it it's drawing a piece of, of content from that category out of the bucket. So when you reach the end of your content, it starts it from the beginning, right? So it starts, oh. it, it publishes it for you. Nice. And the time that you've spent since the last, since the beginning of the line, if you will, you've gotten new followers that haven't seen it. You had a large percentage of your initial audience that didn't see it the first time you posted it. So you don't even have to think about repurposing your content because this system does it for you. So love that. And like I said, you just publish it like you just upload the content and then it does the dispersing for you. So it's my favorite tool for consistency. So cool. Well, there's been so many amazing tips. Um, Anything else that comes up that we haven't talked about? The one thing that I want to say, and I think that this is kind of something that we touched on at the beginning, this sort of the objections to getting on social media is this idea that uh, if you, you can't be a private person, if you have a personal brand on social media, and that is not true. And that's something that I want to really stress. You have the 
absolute ability to show whatever portions of your life that you want to. There are some physicians on social media that love showing their families and talking about their personal lives, their personal struggles with their own health and things like that. And that's totally great because they're comfortable with it. But you can just show up on social media, be doctor whomever, give your information and then just quietly slip back into your very, very private life. You can be very, very much an introvert and be on social media the way that people need you on social media. I love that point because I think that we forget, and we've talked about this before, when it's like, we think people care about our degrees and care about that. They don't actually really honestly probably care much about us, except the fact of like recognizing this is a person that I can relate to. But I think especially for physicians, they just want to know if we can help them. Like I've got a medical problem. I want to make sure you can help me. And if you can help reassure me and all the things. And so I think when it comes to social media is setting up our mind to say, I want to speak to the person who needs me. And when I speak to the person who needs me and I tell them how I can help them, that is, that's all we actually really have to do. You just focus on the pain and I mean, you're a physician, so it could be literal pain or oracle pain. But if you just speak to the pain and you say, this is the pain you're in, they say, ah, I hear that. That sounds exactly like me. And you say, this is what life looks like once I have alleviated that pain. You don't necessarily tell them the process of getting the pain alleviated because sometimes they'll get analysis paralysis, but you say, this is your pain and this is what your life could look like after we've worked together. Boom. Yes. You're like souls. Cool. Exactly. And, and it may not even be what you say too. Cause I think a lot of times people just say like, is this someone that looks like they're going to listen to me? Is this look like someone who's going to talk to me? Is this someone who speaks in uh, words that I can understand? And then the content doesn't matter as much as just, this is who I am as a physician. And I'm sounds like I'm going to be able to help you. And here's how you call me. <laughs> if I have a dollar for every physician that I have said, okay, we got to do this. We got to get on social media. We got to start doing this. And then as their, as their audience starts growing, the comments are like, you make me feel so safe. I wish that you're my doctor. Can you be my doctor? Are you taking new patients? So just that like level of like, wow, this human has an answer to my problem and they make me feel safe. And they are a person that I want to go see. You'd be so surprised that people are just like, yes, thank you for showing up on my timeline. Because I need a doctor like you. And if I can't have you, you're showing me what to look for in the doctor that I can find in my area. Exactly. I think such great points. So Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate all of your topics. I'm going to make sure that people have links to the things because I am all very interested in your bootcamp and your mastermind and all the things. Um, And I think that this is such an easy way for us to put ourselves out there in a way that is really going to help the patients. And that's really what we want. It's not about us. It's about the patients and having them get to the right place with the right person. And if we're the right person, why are we not showing everybody we are? So I'm 100% a fan of establishing our brand and getting ourselves out there. Yeah, it's important. And now's the time to do it. It really, the landscape is just welcoming it with open arms. And I know the world had the website on there, but where do people typically find you? Like if you were to say, this is where I'm at the most, where would they find you? LinkedIn is where I am the most active. So you can just search my name on LinkedIn, send me a connection. I'm always posting events that we're doing and things like that. So definitely find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. 
For more information on the Boss Business of Surgery series, go to BossSurgery.com.